As Jesus was coming up out of the water at his baptism, he saw the heavens torn apart. There's a lot else going on in Mark's story of this remarkable baptism, but I want to stay with what Jesus saw for just a while. The heavens being torn apart or rent asunder. It's almost a, a violent action. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of frayed edges and loose ends. The opening of the heavens allows for the Holy Spirit to make an appearance like a dove, we're told, and a voice from heaven declares Jesus the beloved at the beginning of his public ministry. The only other time Mark uses the word for torn apart is at the end of the story. Remember when the veil of the temple that protected the Holy of Holies, the veil of, as Jesus died, the veil of the temple was torn apart. It's the same word, everything in between. The story, the whole story of this quintessential human, son of God, son of man, constitutes an unveiling, a revelation of something fundamentally new, the means to a new creation, a new humanity. The tearing apart of the heavens, the tearing apart of the veil and all that comes in between is, is showing us something that we had not previously been able to see. Think back to our reading from Genesis for just a moment. Have you ever wondered why God created the heavens and the earth in the first place? There have been all kinds of theories down the century. It's not unusual for us to come up with anthropo anthropomorphic images to answer this question. God was bored, uh, God was lonely, etc. Such answers are far fine insofar as they go, uh, but they, they leave us with the problem that God winds up being just another being not unlike us. You remember the old saw that uh, God made man in his image and man has returned the compliment uh, over and over again. No, what's going on is different. There's more to creation than God's feelings. What's going on is God creates because that's who God is. The Trinity, which you might have heard me say, is the greatest gift Christianity brings to the uh, conversation of the world religions. Uh, the Trinity at its heart says that it is the nature of God to be in relation. That's who God is. God is relationship and that relationship is revealed as love. And that love is generative and creative and brings universes, ever-expanding universes into being, ever-expanding possibilities. And the implications of this revelation are amazing. Ever new possibilities like ever-expanding universes means that however stuck we might feel in life, the reality is that we always, in God's grace, we always have some options, options to choose how we will respond to the circumstances in which we find ourselves. I'm reminded of the most stark example of this from Viktor Frankl's seminal book, Man's Search for Meaning, when he talks about observing people going to their death in the, in the camps in Auschwitz and saying some people went as though they might as well have been dead already and others chose to face death with courage and purpose and dignity and even stripped of identity and clothes and hair and teeth in some instances, even stripped of everything that makes can make you human, they chose to make meaning as they entered the ovens. They entered head held high, entered with dignity. They made a choice about how they would die. So fast forward again to this 
new creation that is coming into being with Jesus, glimpsed when the heavens are torn apart. In many ways, the world that Jesus came into seemed quite stuck. Uh, Roman rule, religious authorities uh, interpreting the law in ways that were burdensome for many. Um, you might remember the story of the rich young ruler. The Bible doesn't call him rich, but uh, he questioned Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he, he, had, he had kept all the commandments since he was born. What we know is you had to be rich to keep all the commandments um, because the burdens were, were, were so great. People felt, must have felt without option, must have felt put down, particularly if they were poor. And so, so the time of Jesus uh, is, a, is, a, is a fraught time in the life of, of Israel and Judea. And, and people were going out in droves, we're told. Perhaps, perhaps this is why they were going out in droves. People from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to John to be baptized by him in the River Jordan. There was something new going on. It was something that was coming quite literally from the margins, the, the river marking the, the boundary of the land. And at Jesus' baptism, something radically new was initiated when those heavens were rent asunder, were torn apart. So much was to be unveiled over the life and teaching, the death and resurrection of Jesus, beginning with his baptism. This was not ritual bathing. This wasn't the sort of thing that was done at the community in Qumran. This, this wasn't about religious purity. It wasn't about cleanliness or it wasn't about avoiding damnation even. It was more about dying and being raised up, drowning and being brought up out of the waters uh, to newness of life. This baptism and Christian baptism ever since is really marking the beginning of a new creation, incorporating us into this new humanity that is even now being formed, this new humanity in right relationship with God. We're going to learn that righteousness or right relationship is going to be found in being a follower and a friend of Jesus rather than fealty to the burdens of obeying the law, for example. In Jesus' growing conflict with the temple authorities, we're going to see unveiled the mechanisms by which we create scapegoats who become victims of our tendencies to violence. That, that's what happened to Jesus. The anxiety between the religious authorities and the Roman authorities and the need to keep peace during the festival uh, resulted in his being executed as a criminal. The unveiling is signified by the veil covering the entrance to the Holy of Holies in the temple and signified by its being torn apart as he died. We're going to see unveiled what it is to live a life of absolute integrity in the knowledge that the worst thing in life is not death, but rather the worst thing in life, at least as far as Jesus lived it, the worst thing in life was breaking source with the, with breaking faith with the source of his life. And so he went to his death, uh, not knowing the outcome, but knowing that he, this was the inevitable conclusion of his life lived with absolute integrity, which our tradition calls being without sin. Break, breaking faith with the source of life itself is the challenge. Uh, love, the love that made us for love. 
Recently, our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, reminded the nation in a, in a sermon that love is the value upon which democracy depends. Love is the value on which democracy depends. Uh, I think there's more that depends on love being a value than just democracy, but it's important. One of my pantheon of saints is John Lewis, and over Christmas I read John Meacham's um, celebration of John Lewis's life and, and journey. And one of the characteristics that Meacham highlights was John Lewis's commitment to nonviolence, even and perhaps especially as others in the movement began to uh, question whether whether nonviolence really was the right way, and whether we had to, whether they had to keep taking and being the victims of police violence and other violence. Uh, but John Lewis held fast and held steady. His his lodestar was was love. Love, not hate, was his, uh, was his lodestar in life, and it led to this life of great integrity. So it can be for any of us. Faced with a choice, we can ask ourselves, what is the most loving thing to do here? Our answers will rarely be straightforward to the question, but the question can help us navigate in times of choice or challenge, maybe in times of discernment, maybe even times when we're tempted to despair. What's the loving thing to do, really, at this time? Love is at the heart of creation. And love is at the heart of a new creation unveiled in Jesus as both the heavens at his baptism and the veil over the Holy of Holies at his death are torn apart. It is because of love at the heart of creation that we are never without options and never stuck in life. That is surely good news. I offer this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our servant.